Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mistress Carrie. Weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. Brett Michaels. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I want to start everything just wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, and thank you for having me on. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the holidays in between. Yes. One of the things I was going to ask you first, and you just kind of set the stage for the question, is you always seem to be so happy and full of just joy and lust for life. Where does that come from? Well, let me say this, and that's a great question. When you're in it, you know, when you're in your own body, it's hard to say what causes it. But let me say this. It actually came from a a decision I had to make early in my life. This is a very true story. Um, At six years old, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, right? And uh, from that day till right here talking with you, um, five to six injections a day for me to keep it under control, and I just chose early, early in my life, early in my life, that I, I was not going to have self-pity or be a victim. And I think that part of it is that I love and I'm passionate about music. I'm passionate about what I do, and I throw myself into it. But if you want to get the, the, the best answer I can give you is I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be playing music, uh, grateful to be on the radio with you, grateful for the fans and and friends and family. So it's gratitude with a positive attitude. How's that sound? I love that answer. And you're a very busy guy. It's not like you sit still a lot. I mean, you're going to be at the six-string grilling stage on December 30th. An awesome return. I promised everybody last time was slam-packed, sold out. And I said, we're coming back to do this at Christmas. And again, a lot like the stadium tour, it was wishful thinking. There was no offer. I just said, let's just do this. Let's throw it out there. We'll see if we can make it happen. I want to thank all the owners. I had the best time ever. I want to thank the fans. And we're going to have another crazy, awesome, pre-New Year's Eve, incredible concert and party. I want you to talk to me about being an artist that can sell out arenas and stadiums. And I want you to tell me what the difference is and what the energy is like when you're playing in a club like Six String, when the crowd is like right there in front of you, because it's something that you've never stopped doing. No matter how I, big Poison got, you always wanted to stay being able to play in clubs. Absolutely. And let me explain. That is, a, and can I be honest with you, it's a really good question. And here's, here's the reason I answer it like this. This is going to shock you, but this is the truth. I love playing music no matter where I'm at. So me and you are hanging out and we've got the acoustic guitar and we're doing stuff. I love it. 
to be able to go into six string, the energy and up closeness, I live for this. Like when we go out on a poison tour a Brett Michaels if we're playing at one of the big festivals or amphitheaters, or if I'm out with Def Leppard and, and Joan Jett and Motley, I asked them immediately for the big thrust. I said, I need a big thrust. I've got to be able to get out to the fans. I've got to be able to slap hands, sing with them, have a great time. That energy is contagious, and I love it. I, I don't do anything less at a club than I would do on the stadium. There's just less area to move. You know what I mean? You yeah, the stage is a lot smaller cubic feet-wise, but you're still up on a stage is, playing. Yes, and the energy for me, just the same. I am just as excited to play and give a 1,000% at, at when I'm playing a club as I am playing a stadium. It's, there's no difference. Just cubic feet-wise, you just answered it, it's a little smaller and a few less lights in pyro, that's all. <laughs> the rest of it, energy-wise, is the same. When I, was, when I, when I heard you were going to call, there were a few things I wanted to ask you about because you and I have had some similar life experiences. Uh, we both had to get rushed to the hospital because one of our internal organs hated us. Mine was the gallbladder. Yours was your appendix. Yes, I had a motorcycle accident a few years ago, and I know you've broken your nose in accidents a couple times. How horrendous was your, like, facial reconstruction, nose reconstruction process? Because I say it's one of the worst things I've ever gone through in my life. Well, let me say this. Let me, let me just start. I've broken my nose, completely broken three times, right? Young racing motocross. Uh, a little older, me and Cece got in a fight, and he got a good shot on my nose. I'm not going to lie. He got, I finished it, but he got a good hit. I'm not going to lie. And then, uh, and then in my car wreck, the, the, and the Tonys, it's four times, actually. The Tony Awards, that billboard thing hit me in the face. Remember that? Yeah. He KO'd me. Um, but this is it for me. You're going to know they, what they did is they straighten it. They literally go in and straighten it back out. But when I see you, you'll feel the uh, the series of, let's just call, large uh, broken areas of my nose. I have those bumps, too. It's so weird. It's, it's, it is weird, but I kept on. I said, look, if you, can, if you can straighten the nose out so it's not sideways on my face, I would appreciate it. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't, I get it. So, I just want it yeah. to work, man. Can it work? And then let's go through a funny, first of all, I'm sorry what you went through, but when I did, and for me together, um, I had the motorcycle accident on the Harley, the car accident. Let's go back to this. When my appendix blew out, I was at the amphitheater on the solo tour. Uh, they, they, they did an emergency appendectomy. Two weeks later, I had the brain hemorrhage, then the stroke, and then the operation on my heart let's just let's go through the i know you're like a bionic medical marvel (laughs) it's i think remember i went back to the first answer was gratitude i'm just grateful to be on the phone with you on the good side of the dirt uh and talking with you that is what i'm most grateful for (laughs) (laughs) well you know what you know what else i love about you is you do so much uh volunteer work and charity work and, you know, you're getting ready to take a plane full of Christmas gifts and supplies to the Bahamas that was just ravaged earlier this year. 
And I just think that's wonderful that you're giving back the way that you are this holiday season. I thank you, and I want to say this. We're going to do a couple trips. We're going to do with the Paradise Foundation. We're teamed together, and we're going to take two trips to the Bahamas, plus all the other people I've convinced into taking toys down there. Then the next day I go to Puerto Rico uh, and do the same thing with the Marines Toys for Tots. And so that I'm a man of my word, let's you and I together pick out a charity that works with you and the station, and I will donate it by doing auctioning off guitars and stuff. At uh, We'll do it with the fans because the fans are a big part of this. And we'll do a, a nice donation to your charity for this Christmas. Well, I do. Th- this was one of the other things that you and I have in common is that we've both traveled overseas to see our our troops overseas in, you know, different places around the Middle East. I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan. I know you've made those trips as well. And I have so much respect for anyone that obviously that wears a uniform, but then anyone that wants to support those that wear uniforms. And I know you do a lot of work with the military, and I respect that so much about you. Well, thank you. I want to say this for my father uh, who recently passed. I come from a family of all veterans, and, and including, I'm going way back, members of my family that were in the Battle of the Bulge that did not make it back. Um, and, and that's, you know, up until right now, my cousin Bobby works with me, um, and he is a Marine with two Purple Hearts. Um, and I say this, my father, a Navy combat vet. So I say this with zero politics, zero. Just a big thank you, a huge thank you to all of our men and women, all of our veterans and first responders that do such amazing stuff. So maybe what we could do is a donation to a great veterans foundation. I would love that, Brett. I would love that. We'll do it together. It'll be you and me in the station. I'm not asking for anything other than you help me together. We find the right and and any fans there that would like to continue donations. We'll thank, we'll tell them it's from the fans, yourself, the station and myself. And we'll hand them a nice big check. Yeah, that would be great. We could center it around when you're going to be at Fenway with Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Joan Jett. You just plan on that. We will, we'll also do something good locally when we're here um, at Six String, we'll do something for Christmas, and then we'll do something even bigger. And you will help me bring the veterans on stage because if everyone goes to brettmichaels.com, as we're speaking, the new dates just got announced, and I think there is going to be a second Fenway. Oh, wow. And that is, that's the rumor. Not bad for a bunch of bands that 30 years ago everybody says your careers were all dead, right? Yeah, well, the, I, let me say this. Thank God for my diabetes because there has never been one critic that's ever affected or offended me. I said, you can't hit me with anything worse than a life-threatening disease. <laughs> so I, I just, I've heard my – every time we had a hit single, we, apparently instead of saying that's great, they would say your careers that's it. That's the last hit single. And 30 years later, we're selling out stadiums and have continued. And I just think, like I said, you know how you say keep a positive attitude – the only thing that matters is you, I, the fans, and what we love to do, and the rest of it will fall into place. Have you noticed, because I, I've noticed it a lot, just in, say, the last year to year and a half, the the upswing of rock and roll again. It's like we were so uncool for a while, and now it seems like we're cool again. Can I tell you this? To me, it's always cool. And of course it is, but everybody but- else is realizing it again. 
Well, here's why they're realizing it. It always goes cyclical. Did you ever notice this? It's like it's like it's the biggest, best thing in the world, and all of a sudden, everyone kind of a few of the fair weather fans step away, and then they and then people come back. But what I want to say is this: rock and roll. If you truly think about it, it is like poison. We're one of the few bands left that still plays real live instruments. At this point, I never even used an in ear. Like I don't even. I, I've still got monitors. No click track. It's a. And I think that people are really digging the rawness of rock and roll. And if you think about Def Leppard, Poison, Motley, Joan Jett, that is a night of energy and hits and a party for three generations. Talk to me about how big of a badass Joan Jett is, because I really feel like she just never got the due that she deserved. She is, I'm going to say this, Joan Jett not only is a badass, but she's driven. She brought women women to the forefront of how unbelievably talented they are in rock and roll. I, I've done shows with Joan. I've done shows with Lita. I've had amazing, unbelievable talent. And I think she's going to – she's incredible. She, but can I say one thing? In the times that I have been around her and met her, she's also an amazing human being. She's a really great human being, and she's got some mad skills. I think she is going to unbelievably rock that stadium. This is one of the differences, I think, between men and women. If if I were just having a conversation about how my guitar player got a good shot on me and punched me in the nose and broke it back in the day, I, as a woman, would probably still be pissed at him. How do you guys, after all these years and all the crazy things you've all done, just, like, get past it all and, and continue forward as a band? Because I hold a grudge like a mofo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, let me make sure you understand. You know, you're talking about positive and stuff. I'm not saying there isn't moments where you. I take that tip of my shoulder and you know that same energy, instead of making it negative, I say take that anger and make it positive. So when I hit that stage and you see me losing my mind and I'm jumping up and down and slapping hands, it is there's a lot of anger in there, too, that I'm letting out in a positive way. So here's the deal, and I mean this truthfully. They need to know that part now. When CCME beat the hell out of each other several times, let's not forget the MTV awards and other things, <laughs> we... We literally got up the next day and played a show. So we beat the hell out of each other in New Orleans. I mean, when I say beat, it was a real old school, at least, you know, people want to say fist fights last for hours. They don't. It's all said and done in a couple minutes. But we got up the next day and went and played a show. And I believe we were in Columbia, Georgia at the arena. Then we went to Atlanta. We went, we went, with broken nose, busted tooth, Cece was missing a tooth. And we continued, I can't make this up. We were like, hey, buddy, you cool? I'm cool, good, let's go on. And we just continued on. Then we finished it at the MTV Awards, probably not our smartest decision. And uh, then Halen played, then Poison played, and then we beat the hell out of each other inside of the stage. And then a couple of weeks later, worked it back out, and all was good. You know what I think is hilarious is that so many people, when they hear, you know, stories about Ozzy or they watch The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie on Netflix, that they think that somehow those stories are all made up. And you were, you're, you're there. I mean, you're literally talking about how you and Cece just beat the crap out of each other. All these stories are true. 
They're tr- and let me say this. You know how people say, oh, my life changed over the last year or last month or week or day? Mine happens hourly. <laughs> when, 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 me and you are going to go in the studio. I have the autobiography coming out this upcoming year. It is, I need to tell you this, it's called, it's volume one. I will not do a swan song. I won't do it. I'm never doing, my life is a continuum. So I said, let's do volume one. It is real pictures and stories that will blow your mind. When I say blow your mind, my life changes hourly. So I'll walk off the stage with what I think is the best night ever. And all of a sudden, big bus party, wake up the next day and find out this happened or that happened. It's I've learned to adapt hourly, and it is – I encourage people to do that because, for me, it it, it comes at you in waves. You can have the the best moment happen, and the next phone call is disastrous. And so it's it's learning to uh, uh, navigate life is what I call it. But when you you and me sit down and take some early excerpts of the book, we are going to have – I'm going to – I have a lot of self-deprecating humor, and I really need you to to feel and we'll read a couple of these things and post the pictures. Well, I mean, you never could have imagined that you would have been on a reality show with a guy that's now the president. I mean, it's the most absurd, crazy thing in the world. Absolutely. And think about this, Rock of Love. I'm going to go to Rock of Love for a minute. I was supposed to be like a six and done. And they would have, to this day, it's their highest rated show. And I walked in, I said, please, let's not script it. My acting sucks. It sucks. I'm like, if you cannot script this and just let me be me, let me be, bring my Harley, throw the helmet off, do this crazy rock of love. The girls were rock stars. They made it great. And don't tell anyone it's going to be love, love. Let's just go in and have fun doing it. And a lot of adult. A lot of adult beverages. This will be for a great show. And I thank the fans. Here it is. It's third resurgence of Rock of Love. It's unbelievable. And you're another example of which, you know, there are so many that you are another, I use the word victim, but it's not really the perfect word, of rock star revenge, meaning that you're the crazy rock star that ended up with a beautiful daughter, which is the world's way of riding the ship. You just, uh, two of them. I got Rain Elizabeth, who goes to the university for sports journalism and broadcast and ended up being the swimsuit, one of the swim, Sports Illustrated swimsuit models of the year. And as we speak, she's doing another modeling shoot. So I'm supportive but protective. And then my youngest daughter, Georgia Blue, uh, goes to a school for music and and arts and wrote Unbroken with me, which is now our new solo hit single. Does it make you look at the world differently having daughters? Can I tell you something? I love one thing. I'm going to say this now. I'm going to be sentimental. I wanted to be a dad. I, I, I thank their their mom, Christy. She's incredible, incredible human being. And and I want to say this. Having daughters is unbelievable. I love it, and I love being a dad. I, I, I would, Since they were born, we do adventures. We do this stuff. We do great. We still laugh and have a great time together. But I'm also a very protective dad, but I've also got to be supportive and honestly, no, I love having kids. I love, in other words, I love it. But you also, on a funny note, I've learned all my negotiating skills from my kids. I'm just <laughs> telling you that. I've learned, 
I've learned, oh, man, they and daughters, I'm going to say this for any dad or mom out there, daughters can play you. They know what they're doing from the word go. They were born with smarts. Well, this isn't a surprise for you. You've been surrounded by beautiful women your whole adult life. <laughs> well, thank you, but my daughters, uh, they've learned how to, they learned, talk about learning how to negotiating skills. Ava, I love them, but they have played me uh, right to the utmost that they can uh, that they can abuse their privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that for real. And, well, oh, by the way, can I do a shout out to my friend Adam? Yeah, of course. Uh, so let me just say this: I need to tell you this story that's in the book. Very little people know this. This is true, and I'll make it quick. My first. Me and my friend Adam, who's from Boston, who's in Boston right now, he's always sending me pictures every time you guys are playing a Poison song or a Brett Michael song. He snaps his picture in the car and sends it to me. So we got tons of those. Oh, I love and that. I, I, true story to this day, to right now, to this moment. He came on stage with me when we were at the Six String and he played the Congos. We had a, just now, we had a band together back in the day. And we thought... That if we got on a Greyhound bus from the metropolis of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and took that bus to up to Boston, we were going to set up and play in the streets of Boston, a lot like a song we know from Boston. We thought if we started playing in the streets, that we would be discovered by, for some reason in our brain at 15 and 16, we thought that Aerosmith would discover us and we would be signed to a record deal apparently doesn't work like that. Well, I mean, if you went outside of 1325 Com Ave, maybe it would have if they were living there at the time. Yes, it just didn't pan out that way. (laughs) We were, me on guitar and singing on the acoustic, and him on the little drum kit, we played literally in the streets, got moved around, nothing, uh, we never got signed to our mega mega record deal. I think it's going okay for you, Brett Michaels. It turned out okay, but I'm just saying to you, our dream, we had the right idea. Uh, you know what I'm getting at. We had the right passion, but as we went along, we learned uh, that Boston is awesome, and uh, we we just didn't get signed on the streets. Well, speaking of Aerosmith, in 2020, they are having their 50th anniversary as a band. And it just so happens that 2020 is the 50th anniversary of WAF as a rock station in Boston. So when you're in town next year, we are going to find a way for you to help us celebrate this massive anniversary because there aren't a lot of rock stations that make it to 50. And I think we still look pretty damn good. You not only look good, you sound good, you play good. You're, you're, everything about you is awesome, and I will be part of it. You've got my word. We will figure out how to do it. Congratulations to you and Aerosmith on 50 unbelievable, awesome years. Yeah, Judas Priest is 50 in 2022. We're in pretty good company, I think. I think you're in great company. This is this is good company, and you hold your head proud as you should. And it's uh, I'm just glad you helped us and let us be part of it. Absolutely. Well, Brett Michaels, thank you so much for taking 
the time to give me a call today. It was so awesome hearing from you. December 30th at the Six String Grilling Stage. You can go and see Brett. And then obviously next summer, you guys are going to be part of this massive festival at Fenway Park, which I hope you realize the magnitude for the shrine that is Fenway Park and how much we love that park and that you guys get to play in it is pretty cool. Let me say this. I'm honored. It's one of, if not the oldest field in baseball. You know I'm a sports fanatic. I know you are. I have been on that field to throw baseball. I've been up in the legend booth. I've been to a lot of your games. I love it. I have a lot of friends that play up there. And I am honored to come back. And at brettmichaels.com, we may be announcing real soon, real, real soon, a second night at Fenway. I'm hoping. I'm pushing for it. And we're going to take care of our veterans, so it's it's a good day. Yeah, it's awesome, and we are definitely going to put that together for next year. So I look forward to that and you helping us celebrate our anniversary. 2020 is going to kick ass. It is. Just consider it done, and thank you again for just keeping it rocking and rolling and, and just keeping it relevant. I love it. Well, you're sending off 2019 in style, December 30th at the Six String Grilling Stage. Details on the concert page, waf.com, so go and get them. Brett Michaels, you rock. We love you. I love you. Can't wait to see you. I'll see you on the 30th. You got it. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.